Good afternoon. Thanks for calling Hamby Insurance. This is Taylor. How may I help you? I speak to Aaron, please. May I ask who's calling? It's Joey Gingola. Can you spell your last name, please? Yes, yeah, G-I-A-N-G-O-L-A. All right, one moment, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, sir. Yes. Uh, what are uh, what are you needing to speak with Aaron about? I was just a fellow insurance agent, just giving her a call to uh, talk shop, if you will, I guess. Okay, well, no, okay. Thank you for holding. This is Aaron. Aaron, it's Joey Jingola. Hey, how are you? Good. How you doing? Good. I'm sorry. She said it was Kelly, and I was like, I don't know a Kelly. I was like, is it Joey? <laughs> This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Jordan Golan. Let's get into it. So what I do is I kind of set myself, and I actually talked to another agent about this the other day because they were like, how do you do it all? I set myself like one or two things I want to accomplish for the week, and then I give myself two big goals for the year. So like my two big goals for this year is to get my CIC and to get impl- get Infusionsoft completely implemented. I didn't really set like a specific time frame on those just this year, and you know I've finished my third class for the CIC, so I got two more to do before the end of the year and I'm supposed to hopefully launch the infusion soft this week or next week. I know. I know. I've heard it both ways. Probably like you have. Oh, setting goals is garbage. It doesn't actually lead to you getting things done. Or, oh, setting goals is the only way to make stuff happen. And I honestly don't know. I know that I liked what I heard from Erin when I was talking to her about how she approaches things. And what I really liked about it was the simplicity in it and the lack of not making it too much, right? She said two big goals for the year, two goals for the week. Pretty easy. And that's, I think, the problem with goal setting is that we get too nuts about it. We start thinking, oh man, I'm going to set a whole bunch of crazy, awesome, ridiculous goals that even on my best day, I could maybe even sniff at achieving. I don't know. And that's what I liked when she said that. It just like really just, it just, it really clicked and it was simple and it was easy and it wasn't full of garbage. It wasn't write these 17 things down today and then do them in the next 47 seconds. It wasn't that. And it's just, listen, two things a week, two big things for the year. And she elaborated a little bit on the big stuff that she's doing for the year. Um, Aaron's not done talking about goals. I just want you to think about that. Don't overcomplicate it is the main thing that I want you to think about. Because once you overcomplicate the goal setting, then the, the setting of the goals becomes a goal in of itself. And that is just by definition, it's not, I don't know if it's definition, it's just stupid. It just doesn't work. It just is a waste of your time. But Erin has more about her small goals. And then on the smaller things, it's usually something like the email signature has been on there for three weeks. And part of that is because like Dave Ramsey's team and I kind of had a little bit of a falling out. So I totally changed my email signature January 1st. But then Dave Ramsey's team and I made up. So now I really like my new email signature, but I want to incorporate the ELP back in there. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that. So a lot of that's just kind of thinking about it, like how I want it to look. Yeah, I, I just set a few goals and, you know, I don't beat myself up if I don't do them that week. But you know, I have little ones that I do by the week and then the big ones a couple a year. 
Now, obviously, Aaron's kind of obsessive compulsion about the appearance of her email signature aside, I would be a bad podcast host and random insurance agent caller if I didn't mention the fact that Aaron has uh, been on previous episodes of the show, most notably episode 15, um, Insurance in Your Words, Making the Phone Ring, and most recently episode 20, Marketing Your Agency into the Corner, as Aaron Atkins. However, since then, she has tied the knot and taken herself off the market and is now actually Aaron Neal. I think I'm saying that right. I could be wrong. If I am saying it wrong, I might have should have just left the whole thing alone. Anyways, congratulations to Aaron on that new chapter in her life. And uh, with all of that being said, I wanted to play that second part of the clip about Aaron's talking about goals because... She said something at the very end that was the most important thing that you need to pay attention to is that she very simply sets the two goals like we said a week, and she sets the two big goals of the year, and she doesn't really beat herself up on the two weekly goals if she doesn't accomplish them. It's okay if you don't necessarily hit those goals. There's always tomorrow, but again, you just need to hold yourself accountable. And you know, as you heard, she gave her email signature as an example of a small weekly goal, um, you know, explaining that, you know, hey, listen, that's appeared on her weekly goal list three times now, but it's okay. And the reason that it is is that she just hasn't really been able to decide what she wants to do. Now, there's a fine line that you're going to want to draw when, you know, dealing with your goals and setting them and, and being decisive about things, but at the same time, giving something enough time to marinate. Uh, me coming from the creative walks of life, if any of you have watched any of the videos that we do for Grow or any of my insurance videos for our agency, you'll know I have a guitar hanging on my wall, which... For some strange reason, people constantly ask me to play. I don't know why. I have two little kids. I'm probably marginally terrible at this point, just barely terrible at this point because I haven't had enough time to keep up with it. Anyways, coming from any type of creative background, you know that you sometimes necessarily can't force a great piece of work to happen, right? You just need to allow it to come to you in some cases. Now, an email signature might be uh, a big leap from writing Stairway to Heaven, but the, I, think, I think there's some parallels that we can draw. You need to know when you've given yourself enough time to allow all of the inspiration to sink in and then actually take action, and when you're just really dragging your feet and just being lazy. And it's something that I don't know that it's easy to identify, but Again, for example, I usually, as opposed to, I don't, I don't necessarily take the, the week approach that Aaron does as far as two a week. I usually take one a day sort of thing. I just say, I need to make sure that if nothing else happens today, I do this. Um, for example, maybe two things. I don't know. Sometimes one or two I usually give myself. But like for today, my goal is one, to record this podcast. And two, uh, for the insurance agency, I wanted to make sure that I finished writing a blog post, which is almost done at this point in time. Um, it's taking me a little bit longer. It's a, it's a new approach, but those are my two goals. I want to make sure that I do those two things today and I'll be all set. If I get it done, I will feel like I've at least accomplished that. If I do more, then it will fill in, in the time. And that's, I think, the biggest thing that we want to overcomplicate is that if we don't have five to 10 goals a day that we feel like we're not productive and we dr dramatically overestimate the amount of goals that we need to have to be successful. Now, Again, defining the level of success that you need, I, I don't know. Again, th this is to where, you know, Aaron and I are both in agencies. We're not um, millionaires, I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination. So I would say that this goal-setting advice would apply somewhere in the camp of being able to be a successful agent and manage a family life and make a comfortable living. I guess that's what this level of goal setting would get you. Uh, now, Aaron just recently married. She doesn't have kids yet, I don't think. I'm not sure. But anyways, the point is, is that 
there's always a certain level in which the advice comes from. And now it might be great. I might just not be there yet. Uh, you know, maybe I'm just too young. I don't know. But the point is, is that if you want to, you know, create the next insurance agency juggernaut, I don't know, whatever, put in your own definition here, then maybe the goals need to be different. Maybe it needs to be a little more intense. I don't know. But I can tell you that, you know, talking to a successful agent like Aaron, who, you know, again, has a lot going on, you don't have to overthink it. And I've heard this from, from again, very successful people too. Uh, most notably, uh, to give you an example, Tim Ferriss, uh, author of The 4-Hour Workweek, The 4-Hour Body, um, The 4-Hour Chef, a bunch of 4-Hour stuff. Anyways, the 4hourworkweek.com is his um, is his website. He's got a podcast that that's really good, uh, very intense, talking like two plus hours per episode. He had a, a world-renowned uh, strength coach who trains uh, Olympic athletes, Olympic weightlifters uh, for strength. And this dude's ultra successful. And again, he, again, he subscribes to the one thing a day. He does like, there's my one major thing that I'm going to make sure that I get done. And for the day that he was recording the podcast with Tim, that was his one thing is I'm going to do the podcast with Tim. And then I know that I've done my one thing for today and everything else just kind of falls by the wayside. It doesn't fall by the wayside, but you, you, you know that that's your most important thing. And I guess maybe that's at the core of the goal setting thing is, is can you identify what is truly important? It's understanding what that most important thing is. What is going to multiply or magnify the value after you've done it sort of thing. I can promise you that responding to an email is not going to magnify any sort of results. Now, obviously it is important in some capacity. Again, that busy work, it's not going to magnify. It's not going to multiply. It's not going to grow. It's not going to increase in value over any period of time. And that's what we're ultimately chasing here with this simple goal setting is figuring out ways to help yourself identify the most valuable, most efficient and effective things that you need to be doing that day. And by doing that, that's what the whole idea of the goal is, is to focus on that and drown out the rest of the noise. Because if that stuff doesn't get done, it's not the end of the world, but you want to make sure that you're hitting the most important thing, um, that you want to during the day, during the week, whatever it is, the frequency, the number that you've decided works for you. Another thing is, is like right now we don't do a newsletter. So I'm hoping to kind of incorporate a newsletter and then like holidays and that kind of thing into uh, the Infusionsoft, which now AMS 360 supposedly coming out with some kind of tool similar, but. But any insurance specific software that promises marketing functionality is determined to disappoint, at least in my experience anyways. I'm sorry I had to say it. I'm sorry I didn't want to take it there, but I did anyway. So what are you going to do about it? The point of this is, is that the newsletter is another thing, another goal that Aaron is hoping to implement after she, you know, I guess this would be part of her big goal for the year, which is, you know, building in Infusionsoft or fully implementing Infusionsoft into her agency. And again, you can see the power of the big goal and how it then trickles down to create little goals of these different projects that you then can, you know, set your sights on. Now, um, here is something talking about newsletters and more specifically newsletters for insurance. And this is a nut that I still really haven't yet to crack. I mean, maybe I've cracked it. I just don't know how well, uh, how much of a mess I've made cracking it. And, and I don't know if you've noticed this from other companies that you end up on email lists for, but the, the ability to be relevant with your clients, if we're talking existing clients, maybe even prospects, uh, be relevant with your, your content in your newsletter is very challenging because once insurance is handled, it's just put on the shelf. It's put in a closet, in a box, on a shelf. 
that they don't really want to even remember is there until they absolutely need it. And then they go in the closet in the box on the shelf and they get it out. And that's the challenge, right? So constantly reminding them of like this thing that they don't even want to see is not a great idea. In my opinion, I don't know. I could be way wrong, but that's just the the vibe that I get with my health insurance clients. And even the little PNC that I do handle is that, listen, once it's done, it's done. And this is something they hope they don't have to use. So constantly talking about it throughout the course of the year is not necessarily something that they're looking forward to. Uh, you would want to look to talk about something that that business is insuring or that policy is insuring. So I, I don't know. This is all a guess, right? Like this is a nut that I have not really fully cracked. Um, uh, let's say on the health insurance side, what are you insuring with your health insurance, your health, right? So maybe talk about ways to possibly maximize that coverage, maybe stay healthy. I don't know, but there's enough of that out there that I feel like for us to be experts on that is a bit of a stretch and that we would end up just putting out watered down information anyway. So that's the, the hesitation that I have there. Same thing with the auto insurance or the boat insurance or the classic car insurance. I mean, you can maybe put some stuff out on, on keeping your classic car fresh and, and, and stuff like that. I don't know. You could do it if you're a classic car nut selling classic car insurance to classic car guys. That might be a fit. You might have enough knowledge and, and be able to speak to that accurately. Um, I don't know. I can tell you that I, I still have yet to find a solid solution. And even then, you know, even what I do send out, I mean, while it does get responses, the, the most recent example that I can tell you that I, I've put out as far as a newsletter goes for my clients. And, and if you're, if you're a member of grow, you know that I do a newsletter for you guys every Sunday. And the reason that that is different is because there's always an ongoing constant need to improve your business, your agency, right? So there's always going to be something that you want to hear about. It's not like it's a done deal. It's never finished. You're always working on your business. You're always working on your agency. And that is the difference. And that's where insurance differs from a lot of other marketing. Uh, I'm going to get back to my example in a second, but this leads me down to the path of, again, just recently bought a car I've actually recently had to buy two cars in about 14 months. That's actually tied into the blog post I told you that I was writing earlier, but not really important. What I am, what I've experienced just through that, uh, this is Nissan's email marketing. I don't know if this is on a dealership level or just a company wide level. My guess is that I, if I had to lean, it's a whole like Nissan Corp level. If I had to guess, maybe a mixture, but again, now, I happen to be in the market for two cars in a relatively short time span as far as car buying goes. So I kind of stayed subscribed to the emails and I was just watching them. Uh, but now that I'm, I'm pretty much set, at least for a little bit, I, I guess our lease on our one car is going to be up here in about eight months or so. But I mean, for the most part, like for the next six to eight months, I really don't want to care about anything to do with cars or deals. So you telling me that you have an awesome deal this week is very not relevant to me and makes me hate my life a little bit when I open my email and see that. Now, being able to not do that, again, not saying it really diminishes my, my opinion or view of Nissan, uh, and they're not a sponsor of this show. This just happened to be the cars that we are driving at the moment, uh, <laughs> is the fact that um, it's just annoying, right? It's just you want them to know you a little or feel like they know you a little bit more to say, listen, dude, I just bought a car from you. Why do I, why am I turning around and buying another car? And, and again, what could they possibly be telling me um, that would be relevant at this point? 
I, I specifically leased two new cars so I don't have to worry about anything. I've got two new cars that after two years and three years, I say, here, give me a new one, right? Or maybe we'll keep it if we really like it. But the point is that that's why I'm leasing the car. So it's getting into the mindset, right? Like maybe I'm going way too deep on this, but it's understanding the mindset of the person that has just bought the thing from you and what they hope to expect and what they need to achieve tomorrow and the next day after that and how that information can can kind of fit into that. Now, again, I don't know what the answer to this is for insurance, but I told you I would get back to this. Uh, I'm going to make good on that promise. The most recent thing that I sent out to my clients, my health insurance clients, is we've been really diving into the world of telemedicine and all that that has to offer to really, I don't want to say transform, but supplement and and really give them options outside of their health insurance at pretty affordable rates and just educate people on this new kind of way to talk to a doctor um, kind of whenever they want or whenever they need to, I should say. And, um, and, and it's, and I, I put together a couple different blog posts, a couple articles. Um, obviously I only emailed about one, just the introductory post that I did about what is telemedicine, why they might want to care. And I got some people saying, Oh, thanks for the information. You know, keep me up to date. I actually just got some stuff from somewhere else. And I was like, man, what is this? So if you can, again, that was, I guess, timely in the sense I got lucky that, you know, people are getting other notifications from other companies and things like that about, you know, this is telemedicine and this is, you know, and they're not maybe doing as full of a job explaining it. So if you get lucky, I might've just got lucky. Uh, this just happened to be the big thing that we were kind of banking on. Uh, we were bringing on, you know, kind of this year and it ended up working out. Uh, again, just a one-off email. It wasn't anything spectacular. I don't have a weekly thing that I do a communication with my clients like I do with the grow newsletter. I wish I could come up with something that cool. Uh, but I have yet to do it. And I guess this is a long-winded way of saying to to to, to have newsletters as a goal, I think are great. Just to, to focus the content and, and figuring out what to send, that's the biggest challenge. If you figure it out and you know, if you've got something right now that you're doing and it's working, you're getting great response from, let me know because I'd be interested here. We'll talk about it on the show maybe. Uh, Joey at growprogram.com. Shoot me an email. Say, Joey, I got your newsletter right here. And I'll be, hey, say, thanks, man. Great, this is awesome. And, uh, and we'll let everybody else know, but I would just hedge your bet. Now, again, I know people that do community kind of newsletter things. Those are cool too. But again, you're getting so far back to, you know, a couple of the other episodes. Once you get so far outside of that box, you're, you're, you're spending an awful lot of effort, energy, and resources creating something that in the long run, again, talking about unpaid value, I don't know how you're stretching the value thinner and thinner the further you get away uh, because you have to you're 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 climbing uphill to to be able to do something well and you're going downhill as far as the overall um, relation to the the product and service that you sell i could be way backwards on this but I've tried things like that over the years, and it just has never worked out. I did a whole uh, uh, Hangout series back when Google Hangouts was a viable thing called the Healthcare Insurance Hangout, talking to doctors, nutritionists, personal trainers, all that good stuff. And uh, and I did all of that stuff to try and get people interested in health and uh, outside of their health insurance, and nobody really cared. Uh, so just, just think about it, I guess is all I'm saying. Um, don't worry about how many goals you're setting. Don't worry about if you're achieving those goals, you know, consistently every week, just know that you need to organize yourself in a way that makes sense for you and do it a lot more simply than you might not necessarily think is possible. 
just got off the phone with our fearless grow leader, Jason Cass, literally right before I started recording this podcast, and he told me that we only have five spots left for our grow laboratory coming up in Chicago on September the 8th. Our full one-day live extravaganza event. I don't know if extravaganza is properly billing it. I don't think we're going to have fireworks or anything like that. But we have five spots left um, until we fill the room up where we just literally can't hold any more agents. Uh, so we want to make sure we get those off the, off the books here, and we want to get this thing jam-packed with as many agents as possible. Uh, so head on over to growprogram.com slash grow hyphen laboratory is your link to check out that page uh, to see if it's something that you want to attend. There's a nice video Jason did. I edited it for him. I hated him for it a little bit. I can tell you about that more. But you can check out all the details of that event. And then uh, also in, in the process, you might as well become a free grow member because we're only opening that up to free grow members. Uh, growprogram.com slash free to grab your free membership. No credit card or anything required to do it. Just username, password, and email address is going to get you access to 40 videos from cool people like myself, Jason, Ryan Hanley, Brent Kelly, talking about all the stuff that we talk about all the time in this podcast. So five spots left for the Grow Laboratory live in Chicago on September the 8th. Growprogram.com. Check it out.